0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. Olympia is a sublimely intimate, fly-on-the-wall, verite documentary that tells a poignant story of a woman finding her own voice on her own terms to assert a gigantic creative force into the world. Throughout an engrossing story that seamlessly blends past and present, Olympia Dukakis opens up her heart and exposes her truest self to filmmaker Harry Mavro The raw honesty with which Olympia leads us into the core of herself is what makes this film such an amazing experience as fellow actors with whom she's shared the limelight share their thoughts and and insights into her people such as laura linney diane ladd whoopi goldberg and many many others The film again is called olympia and it is available today as we speak if you're hearing this interview you can go and check it out on a number of different platforms and we'll get into all of that but first i want to introduce the program the director producer i believe you did some editing you did shooting you did this is a you know uh, i wouldn't say a one-man band but certainly an quite an accomplishment the director again we're speaking with harry mavro mccullis harry welcome hey. to film school radio
1: Uh, Nice to be here, Mike. I'm very (laughs) excited to be talking to you.
0: Thank you. You know, this is such a raw experience. She is so open. It doesn't feel like a a documentary film about a person as much as it does kind of an exploration of someone with uh, remarkable insight, not only into herself, but in the life around her, of the people around her and her desire to connect with the world around her. Yes, But that's just not a regular documentary portrait of of someone we we know from from our public life. Um, Tell me a little bit about how this, what inspired this sort of take on the way that you went about telling us about Olympia Dukakis, and how did it all get kind of underway?
1: Sure. Um, You know, I... I was lucky enough that my, my subject is alive, right? I, d- I don't have to do a documentary about somebody who's not around, and which means that I would just have to concentrate on archival footage and interviews. I did not want to have a lot of talking heads in the film. The only thing I knew getting into this was I wanted to get Olympia's essence, give Olympia's essence to the audience. Uh, I wanted them to understand who she was and the only way to understand who she was was by experiencing her in her day-to-day because all the facts, you can go to Google and you can get a bio of Olympia Dukakis and you can see what she has done and what awards she got. Um, So that wasn't of interest to me, you know, that's what we did. We basically, there was two of us. I, I was the director, but I was also the sound person. And I had my camera person who, uh, filmed, and the two of us followed her for about uh, three years. It was supposed to be two years, but then in the third year, the the she got her Hollywood star, star um, yeah. and she also planned a trip to Greece with her family. So we had to cover those yeah. two events.
0: The film opens with her, without makeup, in a pretty tight close up of her, and she's she's not acting. She's not putting on a persona for us. She seems to be pretty raw as... as, And that's a word that will come up often, I think, when people talk about this film. So you get a sense that this is kind of where we're going. This is not, as I said, this is not a typical portrait documentary. That I thought that was a great way to open the film, was to give us, what this is what you're going into.
1: Uh, I'm so, you know, from all the interviews that I've done, you are the only one who's mentioned this, who's pointed to this, and it was so on purpose in the sense that we wanted, I, I wanted to show that you are going in, you're gonna get so intimate with this woman. And, you know, so our first shot is like on her face in an elevator and you're seeing her pores and, you know, all the imperfections and all her beauty in my in my mind through her imperfections. And that was like, this is the film you're gonna see. You know, it's not gonna be pretty, but it's gonna be really intimate. Yeah.
0: Well, and so fortunate for us that she's such an interesting person and she's led such an interesting life. And and she shares things with us. One other thing about the film, she, the, the, the things she shares with us about her family, about her, her husband, meeting her husband, it, it, the di- discussions about sex, discussions about things that you just normally don't hear from someone about someone or hear them talk about it in such frank terms, is the reason that you fall in love with her in this film.
1: Exactly, and uh, it's the stuff that uh, I really was interested about. Like, you know, you have an 80-year-old woman and usually we live in a society where if you're older, then you, you know, you're excluded in the conversations about sex. I just wanted to know is that, you know, because I'm heading that direction, right? You know, I'm 49 years old. I will be older at some point. And I haven't stopped thinking about sex (laughs) as I'm getting older. You know, she was very candid and opened up about everything, you know? I mean, one of my favorite lines that she said was that, you know, I was the queen of one night stands, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, for like a, for a young Greek girl, you know, Greek American girl to be like, you know, say that and own it and be proud of it was like, it's, you know, it's incredible.
0: Well, we live in a culture, let's be honest, where old age is something to be ashamed of. Right. I mean, she just sort of, yeah, maybe I'm overstating that, but I don't think too much. I think there is certainly a, a, a perception of, you know, as you age, you become less vital, less connected less sexual less all the things that she talks about and she wraps her arms around all that stuff
1: yeah yeah and uh and she says that it's not any different you know at least for her sexually she I mean I remember when we went to Cyprus too she was rehearsing there and she came to me one at some point and she's like Harry I, I don't know if I like being here and I said why what's going on she goes no one's flirting with me. Everybody's treating me like an old woman. (laughs) I mean, she was, she was 82 at that time. And I was like, Oh, well, I said, you know, we're a small country. (laughs) You'll be back in the States soon and people will be flirting with you again.
0: (laughs) Well, let's for those who may be listening to the sound of our voices who don't, maybe know the name Olympia Dukakis I'm just going to run through a few things that we would know her from and I have to tell you Moonstruck is one of my all-time favorite films it is truly I'm not a huge rom-com person general I mean I like there's some very good ones out there I'm Not disparaging them but this is this is really the one of the if not the best I don't even know if I'd call it a rom-com, I don't exactly know what, it's, it's a family story as much as it is anything else, but certainly there's this romantic component to it between Nick Cage and Cher, but she isn't, she's just amazing in this film, and in some ways now looking at her, she played older in this film, yeah. in Struck. So just for people who, main, who don't know much about Olympia, Dukakis, she, she won an Academy Award for her performance. And also, she's been in such films. that There's just so many, so so many good ones. She was in Steel Magnolias. She was terrific in that. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, Working Girl, Look Who's Talking. You, there's away from her. By the way, not many Americans have seen that film. Terrific film. Sarah Pauli's first, I believe, her first narrative film. Really remarkable.
1: And so one of and, been, and one of and one of Olympia's favorite parts. She loved that film, she loved that doing that film.
0: Yeah, it was, and certainly, I mean, for a film that tackled the issues that it was about, really great stuff. And Sarah Polley's turned into an amazing filmmaker. So it was yeah. good to see, but but she's also been on TV. She's done Board to Death, which was a fun series, Blonde, Bombshells, uh, Joan of Arc, uh, Tales of the City, and many, many others. She's an accomplished actress, What go ahead. And the,
1: and the Simpsons.
0: And The Simpsons, that's right, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh yes, the unstoppable, the amazing enterprise that is the Simpsons. You should go look this up. Go see Moonstruck, and from there you can go on. I would say good, good place to start. So that's wh- who she is, and sort of her sort of place in the firmament of Hollywood. How would you characterize her career? How would you characterize her persona if you were her public persona as an actor?
1: Well, you know, above all, she is a theater actress. You know, everybody knows her. From Moonstruck, because that's when she won an Oscar, and that was one actually one of her first films. But she has been in theater on Broadway, off Broadway, around the you know around the country, uh, doing theater all her life. And so when the nominations came for the Oscars and the Golden Globes, the acting community already knew her. We didn't, and I think. You know, she fell in love with the film industry. with With uh, you know, she did not like television, uh, even though Tales of the City has been one her favorite part that she's ever done, and loved doing that series for many reasons. But uh, yeah, she's um, she loved theater and film because in in those parts, she was able to explore the characters and bring a lot of herself into the characters, which actually was almost like therapeutic for her. It was like trying to find who she is through this, you know, interpreting this character. I just wanted to also talk about how at the time when Olympia did Moonstrike, actors from theater did not go to do films. It was looked down upon to do that. And uh, Olympia was one of the first and this is something that Laura Linney speaks about and, and says that, you know, she was very brave to be able to, you know, do that. Nowadays, everybody does it, right? Every actor does theater, television, and films, but back then it wasn't the case. And so, um, yeah, we just have to like recognize that the the braveness of, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And I think it's because she didn't have much experience in film. It was her, maybe it was her naiveness of going, sure, I'll do that, you know, I'll try that. And she did it and was successful with it. And I think that opened the door to a lot of other theater actors to be like, hmm, you know, maybe, you know, we can do this as well.
0: Yeah. And she was rewarded handsomely for doing it. Yeah, that.
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And the other thing also that I I'd love to discuss because our film opens with her getting a proposal for a theater play. Right. And she says, Oh, They're paying us $572 a week plus health and pension. (laughs) And she says, no wonder actors flee to Hollywood, you know? And there by itself is that struggle that every actor has, you know, the love of theater, but going to theater and getting $570 a week, if you're lucky and also shows who she is that to this day, she keeps choosing theater. She keeps choosing to go and get $572 a week, you know, because of her, of the love of, you know, what she gets out of it.
0: Without giving too much away, I want to talk about her family. I want to talk about her upbringing. And I also want to talk about her, the love of her life. I hope it seems. Oh Lu- yeah. Louis yeah. Sorich, uh, yeah. who is also an actor and uh so uh, her upbringing, she came from a, a pretty tough mom, Come, came out of that relationship and they, you get into that. I don't know how much you wanna talk about because again, I want people to watch Olympia and experience no, we, a lot of this, we, but we, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> we can talk about it, absolutely. I mean, you know, her, 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 both her parents were immigrants, right? They came from Greece. And I think this is a typical environment and situation with any immigrant uh, family, meaning that your parents come from Syria or Germany or Greece and then you're born here. The kids are born here and they're first-generation Americans and they have completely different ideals than the parents, you know? And so there's this huge conflict between what your parents want you to be and what you want to be because you see all your kids around you that are, you know, are different. You don't have the old country uh, ideals, or even knowledge of what the old country looks like. or So it was tough. It was tough because, like Olympia says in the film, you know, my mom tried to teach me shame. Like, her her goal was to keep shame from the family. Being a strong woman, a strong girl, would bring shame. Being sexual would bring tremendous shame. You know, like, a- a- anything that went be- beyond the what was expected of you, um, and I think as a girl, wasn't a lot, you know, be a housewife, be good to your husband, you know, you don't need an education. And there was Olympia who just did, would not accept any of that and wanted to break all that stuff. And um, so that's where the, you know, natural conflict happened between mother and, and daughter.
0: There's a telling clip in the film. <laughs> and it it's an interview that was done with her mother at, and talking about her winning the Academy Award. And I think we got a lot of information from that yeah, clip. Yeah, and I, I felt like there was all the things that had we had been hearing from Olympia and about her background and her growing up were sort of confirmed <laughs> confirmed in that in that particular clip. so.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I'll mention, I won't mention I mention that clip, but I'll mention another clip that's not in the film where her brother Apollo tells us that Olympia's mother never thought that Olympia was going to make it, and she told Olympia this because, Olympia, you're not pretty enough to be in showbiz. That was her philosophy.
0: The film is called Olympia, and we're talking with the director and producer of the film, Harry Mavro McCullis. There's another part of her in the film that we get to know more about and her exploration of, of the feminine, the exploration of herself. It's sort of key in keeping with something I've been thinking a lot about. And so I've really kind of related to this. And that is this, in, in the film, she explores the idea of there was a period of time in the development of, of humans, of, of civilization, where the female was considered the dominant, the goddess, the, the ruling goddess of 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 society, you know the nurturing God, if yeah. you will. If yeah. that's what it takes to get us to turn our attitudes around, I don't care how it happens. But yeah. I do feel like we've reached the point of, we're done with the cockering thing. Now it's time to start nurturing. Yeah. And I and I love that in the film. I love what what she was trying to get to in this film.
1: I'm gonna send you a link to a, a clip that didn't make it where they talk exactly how they feel like her and her friend were discussing how they feel like we're heading towards where the masculine and the feminine will have to meet and, and share everything.
0: So it's, it's a wonderful part of the film, her exploration. And that in some ways takes her to Greece, which is another beautiful part of the film, her going back home. And she's very honest about it. Some of the things she likes and some of the things she doesn't like. And then, then she meets these women in this village, which yeah. I thought was just a beautiful part of the film.
1: I uh, you know it, it was one of the most beautiful moments uh for for me personally and and for her she still talks about the four women you know because we we went there to visit her father's house you know where he was born and raised and we did and there was nothing really magical happened there was not nothing you know that I could have used in the in the documentary nothing happened it was dry and we left the, the garden, you know, we walked out of the gate and there, there was this women and that Olympia just darted towards them. <laughs> and Olympia doesn't really dart towards people. You know, people usually come to Olympia to speak to her. And it was one of the very few times that I saw her like approaching people and then just starting to talk. And it was wonderful because they did not recognize her, had no idea who she was. They knew of her cousin. right Right, right. kind of like again pointing to the fact that you know the whole patriarchy like the boys are the important things the important people in our society not the not the girls but yet the female energy between these four women and olympia on how they were able to connect in such deep deep way was so beautiful and so touching and um you know, I always joke about that scene is, is, they spend so much time talking about nothing, yet they're talking about everything. Right,
0: yeah, it's just beautiful. And it's and you can see, literally you can see what she's getting out of it while you're watching her. Yeah. You can ab- yeah. absolutely see that she's, this connection. And, and in some ways, a little bit of the what if, what if I were still here,
1: right? Well, that's. I think that's what. That's why she breaks down when she leaves the four women, and then she starts crying. Right. Um, that's exactly what's going through her her mind. It's like, what if my parents never left? Would I be sitting next? Would it, Would we be five women? Because her house was right there, right? right. <laughs> so she would have come out of her garden and sat with this four women, and they'll be like the five women of the village, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah, she got yeah. It's it's a very emotional thing to. I asked her, do you have any guilt that your parents left? And she turns to me and she's like, what? <laughs> said, no, why would I have any guilt? She said, I, I have gratitude that my parents left for a better life. I do feel shortchanged, she said, missing out on family and friends and, you know, the, that closeness that you feel when you come from a small village, you know, in your home country. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a beautiful film. Congratulations. Thank you. you. That's yeah, nice. so much. Uh, the film Olympia is available on all these platforms, Apple TV, Google Play, on Vimeo on demand, Fandango and cable on demand. So you should be looking for this. You're going to just it, really, you're going to fall in love with her. I, I just, I don't know what else to say. She is honest. She is funny. She's intelligent. She's a woman who's still seeking out adventures for herself. And she's a terrific performer. She's a wonderful, absolutely magnificent uh, actor and theater performer, theater actor. The film, again, Olympia, we've been talking with the director, producer, sound person. (laughs) You did a little shooting as well on this one. And it sounds like you really put your heart and soul into this film. Thank you, Harry Mavril McCullis. Harry, thank you so very much for spending some time with us.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure.